0: in Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, so good to see all of our friends here and visitors and family, good to see Miss Geneva, Miss Kristen here, thank you all for being here, I know you came a long way, glad you're here, got some folks from our school family and just folks we've known for years here, thank you for being here, I had a moment where I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I was sitting there on the front row, and I didn't notice my wife came up behind me, and somebody started rubbing my back, and I thought it was Miss Cleta. <laughs> she had just walked past me, and all of a sudden, somebody's wired. I'm like, well, that's nice. Thank you. but And, and it was my wife. <clears throat> As we approach the Lord's table tonight, and we may not, Jesus came and may come back instead, and that'd be all right, too. And we'll go to a bigger one. I thought it useful to spend this morning and tonight to really examine the elements that we use in the Lord's Supper. You see, the Lord's Supper that you see in the Gospels and in 1 Corinthians is a reenactment of the last Passover. When we do this, we're reenacting the last Passover. And it wasn't the last Passover because it would never be celebrated again. But it was the last Passover because everything that it predicted and typified would be fulfilled in Jesus. And it wouldn't be necessary anymore. The two elements that they highlight in this are unleavened bread and, we believe, unfermented wine. Now, I don't go to war with people over this, but it's just hard for me to imagine that fermentation in bread's a no no, but fermentation in juice isn't. His blood's as pure as his body. And each one is chocked full of profound symbolism as they represent. The body and blood of Jesus. Now let me be very clear for those that may not be clear. They represent the body and blood of Jesus. They do not become the body and blood of Jesus. That's, that's false doctrine. So this morning and tonight, we're going to begin a two-part series called The Body and the Blood. The Body and the Blood. And we begin tonight with the body Matthew 26 verse 26 and as they were eating Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said take eat this is my body and he took the cup and gave thanks. And gave it to them. Saying drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament. Which is shed for many. For the remission of sins. Let me just give you something quickly. When he says is shed for many. That does not mean many as in the exclusion of some. Yes. It means many as in a lot of people. Yes, sir. And Jesus shed his blood for everyone. That's right. And that's a lot of people. Yes, it does not express any idea of only the elect being saved. Verse 29, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. My Father, would you please help me with this? Anytime we open your word, the seriousness is clear but it's especially clear to me this morning. And I do not want to let you down. I so need your help to preach this message in the way that would most please you and do the most good. I am at best a tainted servant, a cracked vessel, but I pray that you'd use me in spite of myself. And speak to us in an unusual way today, we pray. And may Jesus be lifted up. For it's in his name we ask these things. Amen. We come to the table tonight, and you'll notice the first thing that we have is a piece of unleavened bread. It's called matzah. Um, I've used all kinds of different elements for the Lord's Supper over the years. Um, For a while there... We, were, uh, we would use the little tiny squares of unedible something that was by definition unleavened bread. But I, I transitioned over to matzah because for, well, really since 30 years after Jesus' ascension, it's, it's kind of been what they've used. It's not changed much. It's very, very similar to what would have been on the table at Jesus' meal. And it's readily available, relatively inexpensive, so why would we not use it? Incidentally, aside from the Lord's table, matzo is pretty good in soup. So if you get some, you might enjoy it. If you're here tonight, and I hope you will be, you'll hold that bread in your hand for a few minutes while we pass it out and pray over it. Think about it. Because Jesus said that that little piece of bread represents his body that was broken for us. We dare not miss that. This is not a ritual. This is not a religious rite that we're doing. It is a celebration in remembrance of, of the Lord's death and suffering for us. See, that's what an ordinance is. An ordinance is something that, among other things, celebrates some aspect of redemption. Tonight, we'll take a young man and we'll sit him in that water. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is redemption. That's the gospel, according to 1 Corinthians 15. But as we look to the body, as we look to this piece of bread... We see some pictures. First of all, we see very clearly the Savior's purity. The bread was and is unleavened. Exodus 13, verse 6, Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast unto the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be leaven seen with thee in all thy quarters. Now, why is this significant? Because in the Bible, leaven is a picture of sin. And if this this bread represents the Lord Jesus Christ in his body, we understand that in Jesus was no sin. None. When Jesus came to this earth, he was sinless. When he was conceived of a virgin, he was sinless. When he was born of a virgin, he was sinless. As he lived his life, he was ever sinless. But when he went to that cross, he didn't sin. He became sin. God supernaturally took the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, and laid them on Jesus. That includes mine and yours. And Jesus hung between heaven and earth and absorbed the very wrath of God. God beat his son mercilessly in his righteous indignation. Paul puts it this way. For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This bread is a picture of the Savior's purity and that it is unleavened. But you know what else? It is a picture of sin's punishment. There's a couple things you'll notice when you hold that piece of matzah. You'll notice, first of all, that it has holes, that's on purpose. It's on purpose. It's interesting to me, and as I make these statements, I don't make them at all to be disparaging of Jewish people. I love the chosen people of God. I want to make that very clear. But they have things that they have incorporated into their Passover Seder that point to Jesus, and they don't even know it. And one is the very construction of their matzah. It's got holes in it. Now, they would say it's for other reasons, but we know why it's there. Because that body was pierced psalm twenty two sixteen this messianic psalm that David is speaking, but in his speaking he 's pointing to Messiah, for dogs have compassed me by the way, to the Jews, do you know who dogs were? Gentiles was Jesus surrounded by Gentiles in his death? He was the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Some would say, well, some, some, some crucifixions, they didn't use nails. They just tied you to the cross. So we can't be sure. Oh, yes, we can. Luke 23, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Luke 24, 40, and when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. they are not talking rope burns, y'all we are talking holes. In fact, Jesus goes on to tell Thomas to place his fingers in the holes, to place his hand in the side. But if if we need any further understanding of this, there's a statement in Revelation 1 that harkens back to Zechariah 12.10 and even John 19.34 and 37. Behold, he cometh with clouds, speaking of Jesus, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced. And all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. That matzah's got holes in it. But there's something else about the holes. They're in a line. Now, you don't get the opportunity to see this as clearly as those that prepare the Lord's Supper. But matzah, those holes in a line, gives the appearance of of stripes. Matthew 27, 26. And when he, Pilate, had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. First Peter two, verse twenty four, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. You see, when we look at this bread representing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see the Savior's purity in that it's unleavened. We see sin's punishment in that it was pierced and striped. But most importantly, I want you to know that when you hold that bread in your hand tonight, you see salvation's plan. Now, if you'll forgive me, I'm going to diverge from traditional Christian worship ceremony here. We're going to get a little bit Jewish. I have in my study, among other books, I have an actual what's called a Haggadah. The order of service, if you will, for the Passover. So this isn't something that some preacher that wanted to have a good, good, good amen session made up. This is what Jewish folks actually do in their Passover. Which, by the way, the modern Haggadah is, it dates back to, like I said, about 30 years after Jesus went to heaven. It's remained relatively unchanged since then, and there wasn't much change from that to back to Exodus either. So it's very, very similar to what would have happened. That night. And I've brought a visual aid for you. I've brought here a piece of matzah. You see the holes if you look carefully. You can see the holes in it. And you can see they're in lines. The first thing that would happen in this particular part of the Haggadah is they would take this bread and they break it. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we're healed. And in this particular part of the Haggadah, they break the bread. And this bread is now called the afikomen. The word literally means dessert. It's not dessert, but it's the last thing you eat. Lord, I'm sorry. It's the last thing you eat. Here's what they did. Now, what's the bread representative of? The body. They take the broken body and they wrap it in a white linen cloth. Matthew twenty seven fifty-nine And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. You know what they do next? The bread is broken, the bread is wrapped. Oh man. The bread is hidden. Hide it. they send the kids out of the room and they hide the bread that's been wrapped it's hidden and when they come back in they're to find it where was Jesus hidden? Matthew 26 60 and they laid it And he laid it in his own new tomb. They hid him. The children come back in and they're encouraged to find where the afikomen has been hidden. And if they take possession of it, they get a reward. That's not all. Until they find it, nothing in the Seder can continue until that aphicomen has been found and ingested. And friend, nothing matters until you've found the resurrected Christ and brought him in. Nothing can go forward from there until he who's been wrapped and hidden is revealed and taken in. And these dear people do this every year and have no sense of the truth that they are preaching the gospel of their Messiah. Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. You see, this, this body is indispensable. John said, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That sounds pretty indispensable to me. But most interesting to me in all of this, and I'm not saying this is the most important point, but what really, really grips me. We look at the Savior's purity, we look at sin's punishment, we look at salvation's plan, but then there's the Seder prayer. That's actually it right there, if anybody wants to take a run at it. My Hebrew is poor, but I'll do my, my best with all respect to our Jewish friends. Out of respect for them, I'll even cover my head. Baruch, Atah Arunai Elochenu. Melech,, lechem, min That's what they would pray in blessing before they broke the bread. Now let's go back to our text, because I'm going to tell you what that means. Matthew 26. Verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it. It is almost certain that this is what he prayed as he broke that bread. I don't for a second want to think that you to think that I'm trying to make myself out to be Jesus, but I want to give you a picture as Jesus breaks that bread and wraps it in that cloth. He says, ha'aretz. And this is what he says. Blessed are you, Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. He's not talking about grain, y'all. He's talking about Him. I'm going in the earth, I'm going to be broken. I'm going to be wrapped in linen and I'm going to be hidden and God is going to bring me forth from the earth. And Peter talks about this in Acts chapter 2. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, have ye taken and by wicked hands have slain him whom God hath raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be holden by it. Death couldn't have kept him if it wanted to. And so when we hold this bread in our hands tonight, and this is the so what of the whole thing, we're holding something that speaks to the Savior's purity and sin's punishment and salvation's plan. But remember that Seder prayer. For you, for me, Jesus was broken. Well, his bones weren't broken. The Bible said that wouldn't happen, but his flesh was his tissue, his skin, broken for us. He was wrapped in a linen cloth and he was hidden. And if you've never been saved, friend, you desperately need to see, to find the risen Christ and take him in And Christian, never forget that you serve the same God that brought our living bread from the earth. And because he brought that bread from the earth, he'll bring us from the earth too. And we need to tell everybody we know about it. That's what we need to be thinking about as we hold the bread.